This is Bob Morris in Desert Horticulture. Today I would like to talk to you about soil samples, how, when, and where to take them in your landscape. All this and more on today's Desert Horticulture. Soil samples or submitting a sample for testing to a recognized soil testing laboratory is important. It's important for two reasons. It tells us what's missing in the soil, but it tells us what what's missing from a soil structurally, how to improve that soil structurally, if we need more air spaces, if we need more drainage, whatever it might be, but it also tells us the plant nutrient content, what's necessary for the crop that we're growing. That's very important for business people like farmers because they need to know what they're going to buy and what they're not going to buy. It doesn't make sense for them to buy things that are unnecessary. But for the homeowner, it's a different story. But a homeowner won't do that because a soil sample costs $60, $75 from a private laboratory. And most homeowners don't need to submit samples every year. Periodically, yes. That's important. It's important to know what's in your soil. But it's not important to know it every single year for a homeowner. It's important for a farmer who bases those decisions based upon what that feedback is from that soil testing laboratory. So how often should a homeowner submit a soil sample? How often should they be spending $60, $75 for a soil sample, submitting a soil sample, waiting the two or three weeks that it takes to get that sample back. How often should they do that? Certainly not as often as a farmer at the beginning of every cropping cycle. But they need to do it, first of all, the very first time when they buy the property to find out where they're starting from. And if you've already purchased your property, then maybe you'll need to do something to send it in. And we'll talk a little bit about how to take a sample in a little bit. It's important to establish that what we call a baseline of information. Where are we starting from? It's important to do that because you can add all the potassium or the phosphorus and whatever you want to, but if your soil is already rich in that substance, there's no point in it. You're just throwing your money away. But of course, $60, $75 is nothing to laugh about, nothing to sneeze about. So we've established that the first test, the baseline, is important. And if we're going to do that, and if we have nothing established, then I would wholly recommend taking a look at your landscape and decide which samples you need to take and why. For instance, if you have a landscape that's flat or relatively flat, that probably will need only one soil sample submitted. But if you've got raised beds that you're growing vegetables in, that's going to be a separate area. You can't combine the soil sample, the test results from vegetables that you're growing and herbs with your landscape plants. It just won't work. You won't get the production that you need to. So that's two samples right there. That's going to be 60, 120 to 150 dollars for soil sampling. I've already established that the homeowner probably needs to establish a baseline, and that's important. So when 
be, before you're first starting, before you're even doing any construction, you'll want to sample that landscape, that landscape soil, and see if where you're starting from and add anything that you're missing. Well, how do you do that? You take a soil sample, you'll take a clean bucket, and it's very important to take a, a, a very clean bucket. Wipe it out or wash it out. Make it as clean as possible. Because remember, you're, you're measuring things in the parts per billion, the parts per million ranges. And you don't want to contaminate, to contaminate your sample by adding something in a dirty pail. So clean it out. Make sure that it's perfectly clean. The next thing you're going to do is randomly sample through all of the soil in your landscape where you're going to be applying fertilizer. So if your trees are two or th let's say they're 20 to 30 feet tall, you're going to be sampling down to a depth of about 24 inches deep. If your landscapes, if your landscape is fairly small, you're going to be sampling down to 12 to eight, 12 inches deep, probably. When you take a sample, you're going to take a random sample, which means the easiest way is just to take pennies, throw them up in the air, five pennies, and wherever they land, that's where you take a sample from. But you randomize those. You randomize where those pennies will lie and where the sample is to be taken. Remember, you're sampling down to a depth of 12 or 24 inches deep, depending upon the size of your landscape. Those five pennies land in some randomized fashion throughout your, your yard, and you'll dig down from the very surface, using clean instruments, of course, clean trowels, clean shovels, whatever it might be. You're sampling from the very surface down to the depth of 12 or 24 inches deep, equally, in those five locations where the pennies landed, in those five randomized locations. You're mixing that up in a, in a clean pail, mixing it all together so that those samples are all mixed together, and then taking a subsample, probably about two cups of soil, for your submitting, for your submission, for a soil test. That's your baseline. That's for your baseline results on your soil test. You'll submit that. That's only one sample, unless you've constructed raised beds and you, you want to sample that. That's one sample that you're going to, one clean sample that you're going to submit. Well, what if you've got a landscape and you've got raised beds as well? Well, the raised beds, how deep are they? Are they 12 inches deep? If they're 12 inches deep, then you're just going to sample 12 inches deep. Randomly sample from that. Put it, You can use the same pail that you used before. Just make sure it's clean. You're going to sample from those raised bed areas five random spots determined with pennies or however you want to do it, throwing pennies in the air. But you're going to sample five from five random spots, just like you did in the landscape, and submit that sample as well. You'll label that sample, sample two, or what's even better is raised bed, or RB for raised bed, 
and the other is just plain L for your landscape. Make sure that they're sampled so that you know which sample. From that sample, you're going to take, take a, a subsample, about two cups of soil in a clean container, and you're going to reserve that ahead. You're going to label those RB for raised bed, and you're going to label the other one L for landscape. Submit that to a soil testing laboratory, a legitimate soil testing laboratory. Let's talk a little bit about soil testing laboratories. The soil testing laboratories will be from the general area where you're living. So for instance, in Nevada, we have a, some soil testing facilities. I don't, they're not agricultural in nature, so I don't use them. They're more structural in nature. So I submit it to a soil testing laboratory, either in California, like A&L Laboratories in California, or Soil and Plant Labs, also in California, or Waypoint Laboratories out of Los Angeles. Something from, I'm not going to say take a sample and submit it to a soil testing laboratory in Florida or New York, because they just don't know desert soils. They use different testing procedures, unless they ask you specifically. But generally speaking, we don't submit samples to states that are not like our own. So if you live in New York or if you live in Florida, go ahead and submit it to a Florida lab or a New York laboratory. We submit an agricultural soil testing laboratory to a legitimate soil testing laboratory in our basic area. Go online find a soil testing laboratory that fits your budget and use it. Use that soil testing laboratory. You're going to be submitting those two samples. It'll tell you the paperwork and when you submit it, ask for as much information as possible. In, uh, in the desert soils, <clears throat> it's important to also to include the sodium, chlorides, and boron. For Boron is also can be left off, but boron is an important an important test to check in soils, the boron levels. <clears throat> and it'll tell you whether you're adequate or inadequate or too high, too low. But whatever you're going to do, the nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium will always be done. But those three elements, the sodium, the chlorides, and the boron, are very important because they're toxic to plants. The other combinations that you're going to look for, you're going to look for an organic matter content, you're going to look for an organic matter percentage if it's got it. You're going to request that because you'll want to know if you've got enough organics in the soil for growing what you're growing for the landscape, for the trees and shrubs, for the vegetables in the raised beds. Another important thing to ask for is the salt level. They call what's called the EC or salinity or whatever it might be called. You'll want a, an average, an idea of what the salt content is in your soils. That can be leached. By the way, salts are just washed away with water. So if the salts are too high, for instance, because there's too many nutrients present, or because those nutrients are not a good choice in the nutrient level, you can wash them away, typically with water. Just make sure that your soil drains. They'll also ask you how you want your, your results submitted back to you. And all of them will do a digital form of some form format. They'll ask for your email address and email it to you, or they'll send a hard copy. 
So they'll send a, a copy that in the mail as well. Get both of them if you have a chance. And also, it's a it's a wise choice to pick uh, something that helps interprets the. If there's an interpretation available, it's also important to ask for that as well. The interpretation will tell how much of something you need to add and in what format you you need to add in order to bring it up to par. So anyway, after you submit a sample, it'll take about a week to get there, figure a week to sample it, and you should get samples back in about a two or three week period of time. You should be able to receive those. Just make sure everything is as clean as possible when you submit something. Use clean sanitation is so important when it comes to um, minor elements and macro elements and plant nutrition and soils and whatnot. It's just because soils are so-called dirty doesn't mean that you can use dirty instruments. So use them. So you've submitted your first sample. And how soon should you submit a second sample? Well, if you're growing the same plants, a raised vegetable bed, what if you're trying, then the same then the same fertilizers are what's what you're going to be applying as as recommended by the soil testing results. The soil test will tell you two things. It'll tell you if your composition of your soil in the form of structure, if it's structurally sound, and also nutritionally sound. So look for those two things. It'll also tell you in what form. Those samples you are always available to uh, submit to an extension person or somebody who works for the government, such as the Natural Resource and Conservation Service, the NRCS, they should be able to interpret those soil test results as well and tell you what to apply. Just remember that if you're an organic person, you'll want organic sources, and if you're not an organic person, then you're willing to accept the mineral fertilizers as well. So how soon should you submit a second one? I asked that question already. Uh, well, it's up to you, but at least two or three years before the second sample. And probably up to about five years is the maximum that I would wait to submit uh, a soil sample. If you're harvesting from the raised beds on a, on a frequent basis, you're using it a lot, then probably you're going to be submitting samples from the raised bed areas much more often than you would be from your landscape areas. From your landscape areas, about every five years is going to be adequate. From your raised beds, maybe more often than that. If you see large deviations, if you see large changes in the submissions from the soil samples to the soil testing laboratory. So I would guess that once every five years for your landscape is plenty, and once every three to five years in your raised beds would be adequate. If you're adding compost to your soil, just remember most compost is going to be low in potassium. And potassium, the K, the, uh, the NPK that's on a fertilizer bag, the potassium level, it's some of the hardest to find, either organically or inorganically, but it also can play, play dividends. It's also very difficult to see when, uh, when you're short of potassium. It's difficult to ascertain that. It's what we call a macronutrient. It's needed in large amounts by plants, but it's when it's in short supply, it's hard to determine that. 
it's hard to determine that it's in short supply, just a reduction in yields. So if you're worried about yields, as you should be if you're a farmer, then soil testing is very important. If you're not, if yields are not quite as important to you, then soil samples are, are not uh, needed as often. Like I said, once every three to five years in raised beds and about once every five years for landscapes. Some soil testing laboratories in Arizona that you might consider include ALS Environmental Labs out of Tucson, IAS Laboratories in Phoenix, Arizona, Apex Environmental Laboratory in Tempe, Arizona, and uh, many of the others as well. Just uh, when you find a sample, you can look online, but when you find a, a soil testing laboratory, check and check the prices and see, because most of them are very compatible, compatible and very competitive in their pricing. And some of you may have a, a soil testing laboratory available in your state or available to you in some other form through the government. And those are fine too, typically. They'll give you, uh, they'll give you recommendations on what needs, needs to be added. The best recommendations I've seen are crop dependent, but uh, they'll ask you what you're planning on growing. And if it's just general landscape or general raised beds, uh, vegetable growing, they'll tell you that. And they'll tell you uh, what you need to add to that soil in order to bring it up to par. Yeah, some There are some questions about home testing lab, labs, uh, about home testing kits that are available. And they're relatively accurate where I've seen uh, the problems are usually in the pH because it's a logarithmic kind of a thing. So the pH of the soil is oftentimes, sometimes not at all accurate in the home testing laboratories, in the home test labs. Uh, but other than that, the nitrogen, phosphorus, potassium levels are adequate and generally pretty good if you follow the label directions. So anyway, that's what I have to suggest to you. I hear that music sounding off, so it's time for me to say goodbye. Until next time, bye-bye. Follow my blog, Extreme Horticulture of the Desert. That's Extreme Horticulture and starting with an X, all one word. Follow me on Twitter and Facebook.